It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Running on this 23, 23rd day of January 2024, this is the horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tube. That's where you go if you'd like to be, if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All time zones in between and the great globe round. And where, if you do pop into the aforementioned Mary Wacky Zany, uh, then uh, you will be greeted by the early arrivers. That's Anatole and Ralph, and Squeaky and Theo. Hi, gang. And capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, Zimmergist Extraordinaire, Roger in Oregon. Hi, I'm Robin. And it is Titanic Tuesday on the Horn. Like I said, the 23rd day of January. Eight days remain in the first month of the year. That's kind of wild to contemplate. And, well, lo and behold, the fabulous Horn Studio at the magnificent Kincaid Mansion is a comfortable 68 degrees. I went out in only a, uh, a shirt. And a zip-up hoodie. Or, well, not even a hoodie. Earlier today. It was refreshing. Won't last. It's going to rain all... uh, It's going to rain tomorrow, rain Thursday. Yeah, because you tune in for the West Virginia weather forecast, don't you? Yeah. Little program note. I will be... Oh, God. Getting up at like 4.45 tomorrow tomorrow morning. And uh, preparing to go down the mountain to the state capitol in Charleston, offer up some public comment in a public hearing on the latest effort of the uh, good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual, Christian Republican Party to ban books in West Virginia because book banning is all the Republican rage. I have what I think are some uh, quality remarks ready to go 
And tomorrow I will also file my candidacy papers. Yes. And I'm, well, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be an interesting campaign. A lot of work to go with that, but it's work worth doing. I should be home in time for airtime. If I'm not, I will, of course, as ever, post on uh, social media. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Lou, in PA, for that article. I enjoyed it uh, immensely. Um, I did. Uh, that, that was a fascinating article. I appreciate it. I do. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. As a consequence, we say thanks to our 23rd day of the month subscribers. And that means thank you to uh, uh, thank you to Lou in PA. And thank you to David, our friend at Mellow Moonlit Meadow. And thank you to Grace as well. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program. We find ourselves this evening at 1200 bucks for the fundraising goal, and it's got a little flavor of desperation to it. Uh, that means we are unfunded for this past Thursday, Friday, yesterday, Monday, and today uh, with a uh, an ugly, and I do mean ugly, Appalachian Power Bill, clean coal-fried electricity, breathing down my neck. Our neck here, me and Annette and the kitties and the puppy. So hopefully we can knock out a day or two of that. It would be wonderful. In point of fact, our dear friend Chris in Germany has put forward the uh, Get AEP Off Roxanne's Back Challenge to the tune of 150 bucks. if someone or someone's more likely uh, 10 people at 15 bucks, 15 people at 10 bucks, 2 at 75, 3 at 50, 6 at 25, 12 at 12.50. Good God. 24 at 6 and a quarter. I think my math is all good on that. Anyway, if we can round up 150 bucks, Chris will double it, and that will get us a little closer to keeping the uh, cold dust covered lupine pest off the porch. So, fingers crossed. And I, uh, these doubling challenges don't come around every day. And I sure, I sure am grateful to everybody who makes them and everybody who fulfills them. Because as we approach and let's see, let's do the countdown while we're at it. We are 12 days away from the 20th birthday of this operation. The, uh, the show first went on the air in America's fifth smallest radio market, Beckley, West Virginia, on February the 4th, 2004. So fingers crossed. Now, oh, if you are listening to the podcast, do please, because it helps. I'm, no, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it when I check the numbers. Uh, 
Like each episode, please, on whatever platform you take it. And if you have not subscribed on a couple of platforms, do please, because that way when one screws up, another one perhaps won't. And then uh, also, if you don't mind, leave a, leave a comment. Even hello works. Uh, just so that the algorithm will see that there is activity attached to the program, or at least that's the way Brother Deacon, who I have a feeling is going to have to be dragged kicking and screaming back to Canoodlia, explains it to me. Oh, he's liking Mexico a very great deal, in particular Jalisco State, and with more more and greater particularity, Huerta Vallarta. And they're fine Corinthian leather. Sorry. Shouldn't have done that. It's just I start I start rolling I start rolling and trilling R's and the next thing you know Well Ricardo Montalban is in my noggin. It tasks me. It tasks me. There's our obligatory Star Trek reference. By the way, we can uh, knock down actually more than one day's funding because Ralph's challenge is still on the table. The um, LC Stupidnik challenge, and that would actually get us $50 into Friday's funding. So thank you, Ralph's. Thank you so very much indeed. Uh, it, it is... Uh, like I said, Titanic Tuesday, and you know that the, the, with the 20th anniversary coming up, Titanic Tuesday is actually one of our oldest themed days. It goes back to a day long, long ago now, when uh, one of the mouth-walking, knuckle-breathing right-wing faithful called the morning monotone, who sadly is no longer with us. And asked him why, asked the morning monotone why, there were seashells in the rocks in West Virginia. Because we ain't nowhere near the beach. To which the morning monotone replied, Well, caller. It's a real challenge for me to go there now. Well, caller. That's because of the movement of the Titanic plates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still, uh, still no word on the whereabouts of the Titanic bosun's pipe. E. I think that's our first Titanic item that wasn't actually on the Titanic table. But on... Titanic Tuesday, we take note of monumental instances of Titanic white-wing Republican maggot intellect. And y'all, we are loaded for bear this evening. Uh, and that would be, we've loaded up the derp gun with, with derp shot. Wait, a uh, note coming in from Matt in San Francisco. 
High anxiety, you win. Is anyone else's anxiety level high lately? Here's what I think has sent me into a bit of a spin. For context, my job includes servicing various accounts a day for a snack company. Potato chips, to be exact. I interact with managers of major grocery chains, also small convenience store owners, etc. I don't know why reading the words potato chips made me sneeze, Matt. I apologize. So the other day, I'm talking to a store manager of a large grocery store. He's Asian, probably about mid-50s. I was letting him know there's a, another price increase coming later this month. Works out to about another 10% increase to the price of a bag. I'll no, I, will, I, will, I will note parenthetically, Matt, that I have noticed the same. I was in my local Kroger, because I try to shop Union where possible. And I noticed that just the ordinary, not the party size, just the ordinary bag of Lay's potato chips, unpaid product placement, was uh, on special at two for seven dollars. Well, I used my big primate brain and went to the other side of the aisle and picked up the Kroger brand for two dollars a bag. But, wow! So, anyway, enough editorializing. Uh, Matt continues, he's standing across from me with his assistant next to him, and he says... You know what we need? We need to... Oh. You know what we need? We need to put Trump back in office. He'll put a stop to this inflation. So my first mental reaction to this statement was similar to the last scene in in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where the secondary female character approaches Donald Sutherland because she's been functioning among the Snatchers for a while, and she lets her guard down and approaches Sutherland and says hi to him and mentions his name, and Sutherland turns points at her, and lets out a scream to all the other body-snatched people to get her because she hasn't been body-snatched yet. So, it's work. So I had to be measured, and I said, I don't know about that. I seem to remember that he had a net job loss, botched the pandemic response, and caused a huge economic disaster, not to mention additional necessary deaths from unnecessary deaths from COVID and that the whole insurrection thing was kind of problematic. Oh, Matt, when you're measured, you're so measured. That little encounter made me think, here's a regular guy, highly functional, running a larger business well, has a happy staff. How could someone seemingly so normal think that Trump is just what the country needs? I mean, how how many more of these people are there? Oh, Matt, they walk among us. How many are just quietly walking among us thinking that a good dose of fascism is a great idea? Is this madness ever going to end? Or are the collective we going to give 45 the keys to the car again? We'll go into that in a second. I'm really worried about this country, Matt says, and the current road we're on. It feels like we're high in the hills towing an airstream on a dirt road that is getting narrower and narrower, and there is no carve-out that would allow us to turn around. No matter what choice we make, it feels like we're going to go through some things before we can take a deep, relaxing breath, or am I just imagining things? Matt, I'm the wrong girl to ask. Uh, I don't think you're imagining anything at all. And I, I think there was, a, you know, there was a reason you mentioned that the individual you were speaking to, the store manager, was an Asian guy. 
does he not understand that he's on the list? You know, there's that old line: if you're not at the table, if you're not, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. It's not like Nitwit Nero is a big fan of Asian folk or any folk that aren't well and orange shade of pale. So, yeah, I think the anxiety is running high. And the inflation stuff does drive me bananas. Climate change is real and everything, but it's not getting harder to grow potatoes. At least not a series of 10% markups harder. This all goes back to the stimulus. And corporate America finding out that working America had a little bit of change jingling in its collective pockets and said, yeah, hold on there. What's that noise I hear? Boys, turn them upside down. Let's see, the, let's see those pockets go rabbit ears. And they got a taste for it because, you know, inflation that is not also uh, accompanied by other economic factors is, to say the least, atypical. And especially inflation that sits alongside massive corporate quarterly profits and annual. This isn't Wall Street-style profit-taking. This is back-alley-style profit-taking. Because our betters, our corporate overlords, didn't like it that a whole lot of Americans looked up and said, you know, I don't think I'm coming in. I like working from home. And that there, there was another segment of the populace that simply said, I don't like working for minimum wage anymore. Oh, that pissed off our betters. Well, how dare they, Moppy? So, no, I don't think you're imagining things at all, Matt. Not in the least. And like I said at the beginning of this month, it's a presidential election year, and in the middle of the third decade of the 21st century, that means strap in and hang on. And it's only, we're barely at the beginning. It's only going to get weirder, y'all. Yes, Ralphs, high anxiety. The the song from the movie, high anxiety. No singing. We are in a hole. Quit that, Roxanne. Um, Thank you so much to Charlene. Uh, Charlene jumping in on the uh, uh, and fulfilling Ralph's challenge from yesterday and getting us twenty-five dollars into uh, into uh, Chris in Germany's keep the uh, keep the cold dust covered pooch off of Roxanne's porch challenge. We got a hundred and twenty-five dollars to go on that now. Thank you so much, Charlene. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, not body snatched yet, says Lee in New York. Trump has this as his expertise. He sees a female body, 
he tries to snatch it. Right, Miss Carol? I think we could have done without that, Lee. I mean, in light of the Access Hollywood t- tape and 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 Miss Carol's ordeal and use of the word snatch. I, yeah, I mean, I do not, I, I, I do not care for the joke that, inv- that, 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 that has to do with being able to, if, if I am incapacitated, being able to pick me up like a six-pack and take me home. That didn't help either, did it? Now, Lee adds, Nitwit Nero is not a fan of Asian folk, with some exceptions. Kim Jong-un, who sent love letters. And she, the ruler, not the number. <sighs> Damn pronouns. Sorry, that one just snuck out. Um, Cynthia in, in the Bay Area says, the only time I buy chips is when they're really on sale. Imagine if no one bought those super expensive chips at all and let them rot on the store shelves and see how fast the prices come down when they can't unload them. And I do like chips. I shouldn't be buying them at all, but when I see them on sale, I tend to stock up. Bad me. Oh, no, not bad you, Cynthia. Bad all of us. I, I, have, a, I have a terrible predilection for uh, the, Kroger, I, the Kroger brand of French onion dip. And then there's the hell of a good bacon horseradish dip and the hell of a good jalapeno cheddar dip and... And I need to be eating potato chips like, well, I don't. But sometimes it just, oh, sometimes they're just good. They just are. But I I do get your point. Uh, Oh, dear, I'm sorry. Stephen New York says anxiety and maybe TMI. Lately, the only thing that exceeds the height of my anxiety is the depth of my depression. It is that time of year. I'll be... I'll, I will get more and more... I, I don't know about you. I'm very seasonal on this. But I'll get better and better as the days grow longer and the temperatures rise. We're not out of the woods here by any stretch of the imagination. There's, there's snow in the forecast for Monday. Oh, yay. But I'm... Um, Knocking wood, as long as it's not ice. Because ice makes those power lines come down in the middle of the woods. Those AEP power lines, well, they they, they, they hit the ground like floor-rolling fundamentalists when the hymns start and the, and the Crisco starts going around. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cecilia. Thank you, Cecilia. We are now down to... $100 to go on Chris's challenge. The desperate attempt to keep the coal dust covered lupine porch, uh, pooch off the porch. I just, I, you know, I set these traps for myself and then I walk into them. So, you know, and, and part and parcel of this conversation is to trying to try to keep not only the pooch 
at the anxiety at bay. And I had this, uh, you know, I had this stuff in the stack because I actually prepare for this program. I know sometimes it sounds like I don't, but I do, I promise. I said earlier that the Biden-Harris team is moving into full swing. Oh, by the way, uh, Miss Micah says, the only thing worse than the anxiety is the depression. Fucking mood. Yeah. Happy warriors, y'all. Oh, shut up, Roxanne. But, no, the, the Biden-Harris team is swinging into action, and they're, God knows they've got a lot to work with. For instance, the behavior of Orange Julius Geezer, any time that he goes off script, you know, yesterday we played the clip of him, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. We offered her 10,000 troops, police, whatever. She wouldn't, Nikki Haley. And then the, uh, the, 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 the paper-covered roads and the, the whale chutney walking, washing up on the beach because of the wind and he couldn't quite come up with turbans. Yeah, Emilio says, quit it, Robin. You know, we don't use pronouns on this program. I mean, quit. Pronouns not be used here ever. Because it is a pronoun. Well played, Amelia. And so... The strain of campaigning has not served... Nitwit Nero, well, no matter how much he complains to the contrary. Because cognitively, you know, I don't know if you saw, but a few months ago, I took a cognitive test my doctor gave me. I said, give me a cognitive test just so we can, you know, because you know what the standards were. And I aced it. I also took one when I was in. But I also took one when I was in the White House. No, I'll let you know when I go bad. I really think I'll be able to tell you because someday we go bad like Haley. She talks about, yeah, we don't need 80-year-old. Well, I don't mind being 80, but I'm 77. That's a big difference. Yeah, it's kind of like when the little kid, you ask him, how old are you, kid? And he says, six and a half. You know, that half matters when you're six. Uh, I'm not 80. I'm 77. How old was your daddy? Geezer disgusted us when he lost his marbles. But as noted, the Biden-Harris team are paying attention to this. And it's only going to get worse. Uh, the, the, I, think, I think we ought to just, whenever, whenever we get to these sorts of stories, we ought to just refer to it as the uh, Todd's he ain't going to make it program segment. This was in Laconia, New Hampshire. I think it's I think it's named for that uh, 
really mellow indigenous tribe, the Laconics? Never mind. And he's talking about something, I think. Which is incapable of solving even the smallest, smallest problem. The simplest of problems we can no longer solve. We can't do anything. We are an institute in a powerful death penalty. We will put this on. We have to, which is. Mm. Now, I played the clip. That clip was unaltered. I want to make sure we all understand that. And no stupid voice, nothing. Which is incapable of solving even the solace problem. We are an institute in a powerful death penalty. We will put this on. Tell us again about the man, woman, camera, person, TV there, Tangerine Tiberius. It's just a mess. Audio was a little low on that. I don't know if that got all the way through. Which is incapable of solving even the smallest, smallest problem. The simplest of problems we can no longer solve. We can't do anything. We are an institute and a powerful death penalty. We will put this on. We have to. Which is in. If this happened to anybody else on planet Earth, or okay, in the United States of America, You'd bet, you, the, the, the family would be arranging an appointment for weird, handsy old Uncle Maga. So there's that one. And then there's the part where he loses the teleprompter and actually reads the stage directions on the teleprompter. It's reminiscent of that moment in Friends when Joey says, Oh, I want to long pause. <sighs> it was funny then. This guy wants his wants his greedy little mitts on the nuclear football. Matt, I may be the one responsible for the anxiety. I apologize. I try to keep it at bay by getting a giggle out of it here and there, but here we are. Uh, this is a clip from RSBN, Erzben. They run ads underneath his video. Erzben exclusive. Protect your savings. Get Birch Gold Group's free info kit on gold now. Text and Trump to a number. The thing is, what the, what the rubes don't understand is they will be investing in Birch. I think you've got a better chance with W.C. Fields' beefsteak mine from the bank deck. Yes, oh yes, and quickly, says President Trump. We will be there very quickly. Yes, oh yes, and quickly, says President Trump. We will be there very quickly. 
And so, Matt, you know, clips like that, I guess your store manager there is like, oh, yeah, he's got his shit together. Yes, oh, yes, and quickly, we will, uh, says President Trump, we will be there. Yes, oh, yes, and quickly, says President Trump, we will be there very quickly. I love the fact that there's somebody in the audience there that feels like they want to clap, but then suddenly there's no, it's just a, what? Yes, oh yes, and quickly, says. <laughs> he claps on the quickly, quickly. Yes, oh yes, and quickly. And the rest of the crowd's not with him. Yes, oh yes, and quickly, says President Trump. We will be there very quickly. Good Lord in heaven. And it, 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 there, there's more of these. I mean, this is on top of the, on top of the Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. You know what? I think the Trump gets are just willing to, you know, they'll roll the dice. You know, the Trump gets. Maybe they think that if he checks out uh, before all the judgments roll in, their inheritances might be in a little better shape. Uh, Flavio, he ain't going to make it. God, I'm sick of that whiny, self-pitying, narcissistic P.O.S.'s voice. I'll be glad when we don't have to hear it anymore. Oof. I know. I know. But there's more. We now have, uh, you know, to go along with things like hamburger and covfefe, we have a, uh, we, have, we, have, we, have, we have a sound effect to work with. He's doing sound effects now. You know, from time to time, because I clown around on this program, I say things like, Bruga Bruga, Argle Bargle, Warble Whoosh. That's generally nonsense that I use to indicate that someone is speaking nonsense. Well, Nitwit Nero has apparently briefed himself on missile defense technology and was happy to share the information with the adoring faithful in New Hampshire. And so we get this. Go. These are not muscle guys here. They're muscle guys up here, right? Uh, so he's. These are not muscle guys here, and he points to his flabby bicep. They're muscle guys here, and he points to his noggin, where the 
spirochetes are shrieking each to each betwixt his ears. Just wanted to set the context. He's talking about some pretty darn smart people there. Go. These are not muscle guys here. They're muscle guys up here, right? And they calmly walk to a seat. Ding, 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 ding. They've only got 17 seconds to figure this whole thing out, right? Boom. Okay. Missile launch. Pshing, boom. It's the most un... What, Edith, huh? Trump's numbers, Matt in San Francisco says, that's always been something you can count on for accuracy. Hell, you can't. Uh, his numbers, he can't count on an abacus. He can't count on his tiny little fingers. Short-fingered vulgarian. Stop it, Roxanne. Matt admonishes me. The other guys at the gym are probably wondering what that bald dude is laughing at. Is he sane? He's laughing all by himself. Maybe just don't get too close. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Boom, whoosh, boom. Something makes me think that Rocky Mountain Mike will come up with something out of that. Ding, 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 boom, whoosh, boom. I, doesn't it, I mean, it sounds a little bit like a novelty song from, uh, oh, I don't know, the mid-40s. Maybe the Andrews sing, uh, sisters sang it. But she's not the, or he, pronouns. You know, Matt, I just have to take a minute to say that you have provided me some of the best mental images over the years. Uh, that prayer meeting Wednesday, you wrote in and said, "Stop saying that shit. I'm driving. I'm driving down Castro. <laughs> People are looking at me funny. And your dispatches from the gym have always been precious. Warble whoosh, the <laughs> straps. Bruga bruga bruga." Roll the dice with Trump. Randy Radar says Trump is snake eyes. He speaks with forked tongue, too. Are, are, are you a member of the Laconics? Is, is, is that it? Yeah. Well, no. His kids are rolling the dice with him. Listen, you know, Pops hangs on. Well, we can grift the hell out of the country some more if he gets to be president again. Uh, if he dies before Jack Smith and Tanya Ch uh, Tanya Chutkin and Bonnie Willis get hold of him, we we may not, we may yet not be selling pencils out of a tin cup on Fifth Avenue. Wait, we're about to be banned from doing business in New York. All right. Well, you're not a, you're not Iwanka. Daddy always loved you best. But the nuttery is out there, and now the governor of uh, New Hampshire, Chris Sununu, powerful New Hampshire family, apparently, the Sununu, Nunu, Nunu News. Sununu, Sununu, hey, hey, hey. No, 
Stop with the singing. Told you. I mean, the Tuesdays are only going to get more Titanic with every passing week. Titaniker and Titaniker. So, Governor Chris Sununu, who is a surrogate for Nikki Haley, and just that language kind of makes me. Were there stirrups involved? Latex gloves? Turkey basters? Never mind. Thank you for that. Uh, When pressed on Haley. So, this is Harris Faulkner on the Faulkner freakout or whatever it is that uh, she has there on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. Thank you for that. Uh, When pressed on Haley continuing to bring up Trump's age, here's what he had to say. I think I'm a lot sharper than her. I would do this. I would sit down right now and take an aptitude test, and it would be my result against her result, and she's not going to win. She's not going to even come close to winning. (laughs) Do you have anything you'd like to say? Well, hold on there. It's not like uh, Nimrata Rondawa Haley didn't go to a fine, fine South Carolina segregation academy with all white folks and one brown girl where when she graduated, she got a commemorative Confederate flag pin. I mean, they don't just give those away at, 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 at South Carolina segregationist uh, academies. Yeah, this is the guy. This is the guy that was blaming Nikki Haley for January 6th and couldn't. If he's off the teleprompter, this is not Donald Trump of 2016, guys. So, if he is off the teleprompter, he can barely keep a, co- a cogent thought. I mean, I mean, not to disagree with Chris Sununo for the sake of being disagreeable, but um, Hun, this is the Donald Trump of 2016. This is the Donald Trump of Hamburger. This is the Donald Trump of Kofefe. This is the Donald Trump of the 80s were my sexual Vietnam. This is the Donald Trump of... (sighs) The loss of the airports during the American Revolution. He's just more so. That's just fact. But you've seen him in person as many, probably more times. I've worked with him very closely. He's not the same guy. This is not Donald Trump. He didn't have a fastball last night. Yeah. Look, this guy is nearly 80 years old. Thank you for your service. He's 77. Yeah, that's nearly 80. We'll do math later. But look. Oh. Oh, that's one of those sick burns. Yes, 77. That's nearly 80. We'll do math later. Uh, you know, as soon as they were done and he was offset, you know, like, stag and not poll fres alike and New Hampshire governor and Sununu and North oh, Don't you book him again. We'll do math later. Doesn't he know who I am? He's, he, he's, you he's, are so sorry. This, this is not 2016 anymore. He's not on his fastball. You don't need a couple 80-year-olds. You, are we going to worry about the next couple so, years or the next 10 to 20 years for America? That's, what, that's the fundamental difference. Uh, I'm sorry, but if the former U.N. ambassador who wanted to have a 
sit down with the folks from Bonomo becomes president of the United States, we will worry minute by minute by minute by minute, and it won't even have any sweet Michael McDonald vocals in it either. If you only knew all the songs that are just banging around between my ears. But hey, they're not spirochetes. But Clementine Caligula doesn't have a lock on Goofy. Oh, Your Honor, I didn't say she was insane. I said she's fucking Goofy. Never mind. I'm in a mood. I didn't realize it until Tracy told me the other day because I was inclined to consider the California Senate race to fill the vacant seat of Diane Feinstein to be a race between Katie Porter and and uh, uh, Adam Schiff, Barbara Lee, and I was honestly taken aback when Tracy said, "Oh no, sis." Steve Garvey's in the race as a Republican. And she actually had to say Steve Garvey two or three times before I stopped her and said, wait, 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 wait. Are we talking about Steve Garvey, the baseball player? Mr. Clean, Dodger Blue, all of that? Yeah, that one. Said, son of a gun, what is he, a hundred? Well, no. Uh, apparently, just like Nitwit Nero, he's 77. And I didn't, I, it wasn't worth the time, but I, is he in the hall? Because it seemed like every time you turn around, Steve Garvey was getting a, getting a hit or, you know, doing something clutchy. And probably one of my fondest memories was a, 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 my daddy used to just laugh every time it would come on. It was a Sports Illustrated ad. And it featured Steve Garvey in his Dodger uniform with a baseball bat over his shoulder and the late, great Lyle Alzado of the, the Raiders. Pitching Sports Illustrated. And I don't know if you called then. You might have gotten like a free Sports Illustrated telephone or something. (laughs) All those per-inquiry inducements, you know. But they're standing there talking about how Sports Illustrated is awesome and Lyle Alzado interrupts Steve Garvey and... You know, Lyle Alzado was known for being a really fierce player, and more than a few people said that he, you know, being a member of Al Davis's Raiders, played dirty. And in the middle of the pitch, 
Lyle Alzado looks over at Steve Garvey and points at the baseball bat and, go, and says, They let you use those things? Steve Garvey looks at him and says, Yeah, all the time. To which Lyle Alzado replies, well, i got to get me one of those. Oh, my dad would just break up every time. And I, I, well, I'm still laughing thinking about it. But lo and behold, he's running for Senate, and he showed up in a debate in L.A. I think it was L.A. Or is it, am I just thinking because he's a Dodger? Well, anyway, they had a debate wherever it was. California's a big state. Politico covered this pageant. And if I understand correctly, the way the jungle primary works in California, if somebody gets more than 51%, well, game over. But if it winds up being a plurality between the four, then it, the top two go to November. I think I've got that right. Do I have that right? California jungle primary has always baffled me. Uh, wow. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Steve Garvey in the Hall of Fame Research Department, Billable Rick. No, Steve Garvey is not a Hall of Famer. Uh, as for his candidacy, his highest percentage of votes was 42.6% in 1995. He received 21.1% in his final year on the ballot. You asshole writers, if, 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 if you had just put him in the hall, maybe uh, California wouldn't be running the risk of him being a senator now. Billable ads... Uh, he was considered by the Hall of Fame's Expansion Era Committee for the 1973 to present era in voting for 2011 and 2014 and was not elected. <sighs> yeah. Oh, going back to Chris Sununu saying Nitwit Nero is not on his fastball. Lee in New York says he's not even on his bocce ball. That was good. First cowbell of the evening goes to Lee in New York. Lee says uh, he's only 75. We'll do the math later. <laughs> true, true. Steve in New York says Lyle Alzado. Yeah, but he ain't no Jack Tatum. No, only Jack Tatum can be Jack Tatum. So anyway, back to the actual story. Steve Garvey was included on the debate stage along with Barbara Lee and Adam Schiff, and Katie Porter, my personal favorite. And it was in L.A. It was the, at the University of Spoiled Charlotte, I mean, Southern California. They debated for 90 minutes, and, well, Steve Garvey didn't really have any ideas, but that's because he's running as a Republican, and Republicans are not required to have ideas. He was laughed at. That's got to sting. The same Angelinos whose parents and grandparents cheered him lustily, and maybe some of those people who did cheer were, were laughing at him. 
I mean, that, 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 that's got to hurt. I think you can probably handle the booze better than the laughs. Back uh, during the time when Marilyn Monroe was married to Joe DiMaggio, and DiMaggio had retired, I think, she came back from a USO tour, and the anecdote says that she looked at her hubby, the Yankee Clipper, for God's sakes, who is in the Hall of Fame, and said, Oh, Joe, I was up on stage all by myself, and all those people, they were cheering just for me. Do you have any idea what that felt like? And DiMaggio takes a beat, and he is retired, and he said, yeah, yeah, I do. Well, they laughed at Steve Garvey, and Katie Porter, Barbara Lee, and Adam Schiff apparently had a field day with him. At one point in time, all three of the Democrats pressed him on whether or not he would vote for Nitwit Nero. Because in a state like California, that's kind of a tell. And it, it looks as though Steve has found uh, old, uh, old 666 himself, Ronald Wilson Reagan's stash of unused Grecian formula. By 75, you should be a little gray or a lot more bald. But, yeah, this. Come on. At this point, Donald Trump has been president. Joe Biden has been president. We've seen both of them as president. Um, are you still undecided if the choice is Donald Trump versus Joe Biden? As you suggested to Politico, you may vote for uh, Joe Biden. Are you? Wh how are you undecided, and what would make that decision for you? I didn't say that. Okay, so what? We'll clarify your view then. When the time comes, I'll do exactly what I said to you. I will look at the two opponents. I will determine what they did. And at that time, God, that was a. That was a pause, pause big enough you could roll Mitch McConnell through going, uh... I will determine what they did. Did you hear the laughter in the audience? How are you undecided, and what would make that decision for you? I didn't say that. Okay, so what? We'll clarify your view then. When the time comes, I'll do exactly what I said to you. I will look at the two opponents. I will determine what they did, and at that time, I will make my choice. 
I will determine what they did? That's our second what, Edith, huh, of the evening? I don't believe Joe Biden has been good for this country. I heard it said that that Trump was terrible for the world, right? Yeah. He was. That we were less safe. We were safer, more under him than we are under Biden. We're on three different platforms throughout the world. So he's, Congressman Member, he's arguing that that we were safer under President Trump. What do you make of what he just said and what's your response? Well, California, I think what they say is true. Once a Dodger, always a Dodger. (laughs) He just chewed up two and a half minutes of the time to talk about substantive issues in this debate and refused to answer the question. Ballots go out in six weeks, Mr. Garvey. This is not the minor leagues. Who will you vote for? Damn. If I understand correctly, Schiff is in the lead. Katie's in second. Steve Garvey's been making some inroads. She may have helped herself with that one line. Once a Dodger, always a Dodger. Because if I recall correctly, he started out as a Dodger and retired a Dodger. More on Steve Garvey, says Billable Rick. Not a stand-up guy. On September 1st, 2000... Garvey and his management company, Garvey Management Group, were charged by the Federal Trade Commission in the United States District Court for the Central District of California for false advertising related to a weight loss product. Well, he moved on from Sports Illustrated, apparently. In 2004, the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit ruled that Garvey was not liable for the content of the information as he was merely a spokesman. He had earned $1.1 million for appearing in the advertisements. At age 22, Garvey married Cynthia Truhan in 1971. They had two children. Cynthia left Garvey for composer Marvin Hamlish. Garvey was already romantically involved with his secretary. Garvey and Cynthia divorced in 1983. In 1988, Garvey discovered that Cheryl Moulton was pregnant with his child. Despite this, Garvey proposed to Rebecca Mendenhall in... November 1988, telling Mendenhall about Moulton at the time of the proposal. Mendenhall learned that she was pregnant that January. Garvey broke their engagement January 1st, 1989 on a phone call. Garvey and Mendenhall had been in a relationship since 1986. Their only child was born in October 1989. In January 1989, Garvey became engaged to Candace Thomas, whom he met at a benefit for the Special Olympics. Over the next few weeks, Garvey and Thomas began a courtship that included trips to the inauguration of President George H.W. Bush and the Super Bowl. Garvey, in the midst of what he termed a midlife disaster, sued his ex-wife Cynthia for access to his two children. His daughters testified in court that they did not wish to see him. Under the shadow of multiple lawsuits, Garvey lost business opportunities and paid half his monthly television earnings in child support. Garvey and Thomas were married on February 18, 1989. They have three children together and four children from previous marriages. 
Garvey resides in Los Angeles and Palm Desert, California. Uh, stand by. That was one of those had-to-take-its. So uh, the once a Dodger, always a Dodger thing was not the only thing that uh, it was kind of a, well, his debate performance was almost as, uh, seems almost as disastrous as his uh, marital fidelity. I think everybody knows that California has a, a housing problem. And we could probably spend the rest of the evening on why. Airbnb. Uh, foreclosure crisis, things like that. But uh, he was questioned, Garvey was, as to what kind of plan he might have to deal with the homelessness crisis in California, which is only getting worse. He said that he had interacted with unhoused folks and, and this is a quote, touched them and listened to them. Touchy, 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 touch me. Never mind. He went on to say that he was the only a candidate, uh, the only candidate who uh, was dealing with homelessness the way he was because he wasn't a career politician who hadn't done anything to solve the crisis. This brought out Barbara Lee years and years and years ago. When Barbara Lee was a young single mother, she was in a toxic relationship, and she left it. It was bad enough, as is so often the case for so many women, that she was willing to run the risk of being unhoused in order to continue her survival. And so she was unhoused for a time. And Barbara Lee said, I've just got to say, as someone who's been unsheltered, I cannot believe how he described his work and touching. And once again, the audience burst into laughter at Steve Garvey. At which point, Adam Schiff chimed in and said, this will be my one and only baseball analogy for the evening, Mr. Garvey. That was a total swing and a miss. That was a total whiff of an answer.
And it only got worse. A reporter uh, for Politico and a moderator of the debate, Melanie Mason, asked Steve Garvey to uh, tell Californians why he's running if he's practically devoid of any policy positions whatsoever. And he said, uh, I knew I needed to explore California. I needed to talk to the people. Policy for me is a position. I've taken strong positions. I think that's one of those word salads that they toss at your table and there's anchovies involved. That's a downright Trumpian answer. It, it, just for the fun of it, let's, let's do that in the stupid Trump voice, shall we? I knew I needed to explore California. I needed to talk to the people. Policy for me is a position. I've taken strong positions. Yep, we know who he's voting for. And when he said Joe Biden had been bad for the country, uh, dear Californians, is that going to resonate out there? But then uh, Garvey said, uh, uh, let's get back to energy. Let's close the border. Let's enforce crime, crime on the streets. Let's fund the police. Let's enforce crime, crime on the streets. Oddly enough, we were having fun with George Bush quotes from days gone by. Uh, was it, let's see, was this the clip in question? Because it just reminded me of it. Why are you doing it? No, that's Jack Nicholson. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful. And so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people. And neither do we. Let's enforce crime. Crime on the streets. Let's fund the police. The sad thing is, in the United States of America, that's not an entirely illogical statement. All too often, the police are the biggest street gang in any given city. Apparently, eternal optimist Matt Shoup, which is not the same thing as Matt Stupp, the guy who, Schlepp, Matt Schlapp, the guy who is alleged to uh, have a thing for groping young men. No, Matt, uh, uh, Matt Shoup is the spokes creep for Steve Garvey. And he said, it's predictable when you're the only Republican on the stage and there's not much difference between them. Garvey held his own. He did well. And there's not much difference between them 
them modifying only Republican? Is Steve Garvey non-binary now? Does he use they, them pronouns? They asked Barbara Lee afterwards what she thought, and she said, uh, Ah, he's Mr. Garvey, and he has his own style. He's a former baseball player, and that's all I had to say about him. Good on you, Barbara. So, like I said, Nitwit Nero doesn't have a lock on the on the goofball factor. Steve Garvey Snark, Lee in New York, says, uh, "Hi, Robin. Hi, hi, Lee." Standing still at the plate, when the ball arrived in the catcher's glove, he was still determining the right choice to make. The Senate candidate who starts at third base with the Republican team, believing he hit a triple. There we are. It's ring-kissing season in the maggot party. The man with no no personal dignity and no uh, dignity for his family whatsoever, I mean, of course... Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America. The Texas Tribune published the story, Ted Cruz endorses Donald Trump for president. Uh, This was shortly after the Iowa carcasses. And he made, he he did his ring-kissing on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. Uh, the men and the women of Iowa, they take their responsibility incredibly seriously. They scrutinize the candidates. And sometimes one of the candidates scrutinizes them. Scrutinizes. That's an amazing process, and I'm a big believer in letting democracy play out. Last night it played out, and i got to say, trust victory was across the board. 49% of Iowegians wanted anybody but Nitwit Nero. That's a thing. And uh, since uh, Ralphs gave us the Elise Stupidnik challenge yesterday, and it got fulfilled earlier, by the way, we've, uh, uh, we've got... Uh, $125 to go on Chris's keep the coal dust covered pooch off Roxanne's porch. New challenge on the table. Uh, Elise Stupidnik got real pissed off when NBC's Vaughn Hilliard asked her a really simple question. The question was, do you believe E. Jean Carroll? The audio is not the best there ever was, but you might pick out what's going on. You know, if she, right, unmute. 
These are witch hunts. These are witch hunts. The jury found that Donald Trump's They are all witch against President Trump, and the reason why is because people in the head of Joe Biden, of Joe Biden's institution, the University of Florida, no, I don't agree with that. Why not believe Agent Carroll? It's not me. It's not the media. It's a jury that he sets the news. So, uh, maybe you were, like I said, it's not the best audio. Do you believe Eugene Carroll? Oh, it's a witch hunt. No, of course not. The media is so biased. This is just another example of the media being out of touch. And Vaughn Hilliard said, it's not the media. The jury found he sexually abused Eugene Carroll. And she continued to carp and gripe and piss and moan. And then apparently engaged in a bit of vendetta. Because Vaughn Hilliard was the pool reporter for Nitwit Nero. And they canceled the pool reporters. Because it was Vaughn Hilliard. And Vaughn Hilliard had apparently offended the dainty and delicate sensibilities of Elsie Stupidnik. George Conway, after she said she did not believe E. Jean Carroll, merely said, Elise Stefanik is vile. Jamel Hill said, I want, to love, I, I want to love anything as much as Elise Stefanik loves looking like a moron when it comes to Donald Trump. Mehdi Hassan, who somehow or another was curiously let go from MSNBC, said, I think he should pick the ludicrous Stefanik as his running mate, and then we can watch her giving ludicrous answers to questions like this for the rest of the year. Political strategist Lindy Lee said, Elise Stefanik accuses Trump's rape victim Carol of lying. Nikki Haley says she doesn't pay attention to the rapes. Tuberville said, The rape makes me want to vote for him twice. Rubio said it's a joke. This is how the party of Christianity treats treats its rape victim. Jesus weeps. Over at MSNBC, Lisa Rubin said, The GOP's highest-ranking woman, Elise Stefanik, apparently believes an event unanimously corroborated by nine anonymous jurors last May isn't real. And then a lawyer by the name of Jeffrey Jeffrey Jakobowicz said, These statements are being made in public with another jury currently sitting on an E. Jean Carroll lawsuit. Is Stefanik trying to influence the pending jury? Would you put it past her? Not past her. Past her. Not past her. This is not prayer meeting Wednesday. 
And now, over at the New Republic, Greg Sargent describes Elsie uh, uh, as bordering on derangement. and said it's only going to continue to get worse. Sergeant noting, what's changed now is that Trump's legal challenges are unfolding in courtrooms in public-facing venues before juries of the ex-president's peers. I am peerless. Peerless and fearless. Those aren't my peers. Those are just people. I have a very big brain. The sergeant went on and said, it's becoming impossible to fabricate conspiracy theories around the ordinary, Ameri- ordinary Americans whose judgment Trump faces, and the gravity of the proceedings is suddenly getting a lot more real. And he said, these involve, these charges, involve concrete, vividly detailed efforts to seize power illegally and steal national security secrets, as well as a jury's conclusion that Trump committed sexual assault, which is more compelling than his bragging ever was. And Elsie Stupidnik is bordering on derangement. By the way, we are well into the second hour of the program. The lines are open. If you've got something you'd like to, to say or discuss. The stress line, 844-843-4676. 844-THE-HORN. The regular telephone line, 304-574-8178. And, of course, Skype, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid Horn, K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N. They all uh, get right in here. Feel free. And then there's a filthy morning habit. I swear, watching watching Joe and Mika is like the slowly I turn bit with the Three Stooges. Step by step, inch by inch. I'm telling you, Matt, they're getting closer. Getting closer. People probably tuned in to see was the fact that the Biden campaign... And this is what's so critical. The Biden campaign, which is supposed to be, you know, out of tides, the old man doesn't know what he's doing. They actually, they've seized the zeitgeist. They understand. They understand now, and they're turning it out quickly, that Donald Trump says something stupid. It's up online like 15 seconds later. 
It's on TikTok. It's on YouTube. It's on X. It's on Instagram Reels. I mean, we've been seeing this over the last week, just how quickly they're moving on Trump. And I got to say, I think this is why Trump got away with this in the past, because all of his opponents were flat footed. And maybe even the Biden campaign in 2020 didn't have to do this as much as they're doing in 2024. But there you can sense is a real understanding. Donald Trump loses his mind, forgets what he's saying, confuses Barack Obama with Joe Biden, confuses World War II with whatever the hell he was confusing, confuses Nikki Haley with Nancy Pelosi. The whole world's going to see in three seconds, and they're going to see in three seconds because they're on him now. You talk about a tight man-to-man defense. What, I mean, you cover the White House. What's happened over the past week or two I mean, because they are really they're, they're The rapid response has to be driving Donald Trump crazy. Yeah, first on the way too early ratings. We had hoped Taylor Swift could show up to give us that boost, too. That hasn't happened. Exactly. A shirtless yeah. Kelsey brother we do think is yes. possible. We could get a shirtless oh, Kelsey help. brother to hang out here at 5 a.m. Yeah, there. we feel pretty good about that. Maybe he can do weather. Maybe yeah, you can jump sure, and down sure. and do weather. Beer in one hand, forecast in the other. Um, as far as the uh, the Biden campaign, first of all, we do expect that, barring a real upset in New Hampshire tonight, that, that, that would allow Nikki Haley to really propel this race forward. If it is indeed Donald Trump's nomination, this is the race the Biden campaign has always wanted. They feel like they best best match up to Trump, who they can pose as, they can, as an existential threat to the nation's democracy, but also allows them to have some defense against what is President Biden's greatest vulnerability per polling, which is his age. Because Donald Trump, only a few years younger, and as you just mentioned, the, the verbal gaffes and the missteps and the, the incoherence, the flat-out incoherence from Trump has only accelerated, and the Biden team is pouncing. In fact, let's take a look at some of their recent rapid responses. So we have a policy, remain in Mexico. Now, how you know, you don't have to be a total genius. Remain in Mexico. Until you've added everything. We can be energy independent and even energy dominant. Yes, oh yes, and quickly, says President Trump. We will be there very quickly. This is still so good. Third person work there by Donald Trump. Also, the QAnon theme continues to play behind him uh, as he speaks. But the Biden campaign, we, we, Joe, we've talked about it. We noted it in real time. It's been a couple of months now. They pivoted and they've gone on the attack and they've missed no opportunity to draw contrasts between their candidate and Donald Trump, who they fully expect to see in November. And in recent days, they are hammering Trump on these 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 questions about his mental state. And it is clear as we've been talking. Talking, the right, certainly on the conservative media, have been talking about Joe Biden's fitness for office for a long time. But right now, it is Donald Trump's turn to face those questions. And that includes from Nikki Haley. I've got to say, too, you've got to question the Trump Trump supporters about their incoherence, Willie Geist, on how to win an election. Again, this guy, he's lost in 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. He's going to lose in 24 again if Democrats work hard if they go out and do their jobs, if everybody that's so concerned about democracy and freedom uh, go out and do their jobs. Willie, they're going to lose again, but they have a choice. They have a choice. Nikki Haley, you put Nikki Haley up against Joe Biden. I mean, Biden doesn't want that. 
Biden seemed to even want Ron DeSantis because they understood it was something new. There wasn't all the Trump baggage and there wasn't the Trump craziness. There were skills there. There there weren't things that were going to scare off. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. DeSantis made a huge mistake by going way too, like, red hot on social issues. You had the six weeks and everything else. But before that, they're like, "Uh uh-oh, this guy can win the Atlanta suburbs. This guy can win the Philly suburbs. I'm sorry. Says President Trump. And I have a feeling the 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 writing the writing staff there at the my filthy morning habit is only going to. It's probably a chore at this point. How much how much time to give to the? I'll say it. Dementia ramblings of the former occupant of the White House. Because there's just so much. Well, at least we talked about Steve Garvey, right? And I guess it's going to be a little bit before we get any sort of an answer from the Eugene Carroll jury. There's been another continuance by Judge Lewis Kaplan. That news came out just a little bit ago. So, because, and and look, just this is just a thought experiment. Can we take a second here? Counsel for the parking garage, Alina Habana Habana Habana. actually went into that courtroom, that United States District Court, federal courtroom, unmasked, knowing she was positive for COVID, and knowing that there was no way for her to not spread viral particles And sat and, and sat there and barked at the judge. Is there? Is 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 there possibly criminal liability there? I remember when President Biden and Nitwit Nero were <clears throat> debating him. In the fall of 2016, and he knew he was positive and kept trying to project, for lack of a better term, 
at Joe Biden. This feels like they're deliberately trying to spread disease. So today, Nitwit Nero, despite the request for continuance to today by counsel for the parking garage, we discussed that. Well, Nitwit Nero couldn't be there today because of the New Hampshire primary. It's not like he votes in New Hampshire. So now the trial is on hold until tomorrow, Wednesday the 24th. He is delaying the inevitable. But yeah, they had a they had a field day uh, on my filthy morning habit. They had a field day with the obvious evidence of dementia being displayed by the former occupant of the White House. Made his final pitch to voters. Here's a look at some of his closing argument. A very very tough man, Viktor Orban. Have you ever heard of him? He's the Prime Minister of Hungary. Right, good. Prime Minister of Hungary, and uh, he's a... Uh... You hear the guy in the, yeah, hey, yeah, uh, in the background there, and you kind of wonder if, if he stood there and said, uh, there is a man, he was a very tough man, very hard man, named Adolf Hitler. Would there be somebody in the crowd yelling, Sieg Heil, Sieg Heil, Sieg Heil? Because in the maggot party, I feel like there would be. He's a tough man, strong man, very respected. I happen to think he's a good man. The press goes crazy when I say it. We can't have a weak president. We have a weak man who cheats like hell. That's the only thing they're good at. They cheat at elections like nobody's ever cheated before. I've seen shots that you wouldn't even believe. Missile launched. They go, missile launched. And you hear a bell go. I mean, I see this. I like. I, it's so incredible. They calmly walk to a seat. Ding, 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 ding. They've only got 17 seconds to figure this whole thing out, right? Boom. Okay. Missile launch. Ping, boom. It's the most un. And we don't have it here. We have become a drug-infested, crime-ridden nation, which is incapable of solving even the smallest, smallest problem. The simplest of problems we can no longer solve. We can't do anything. We are an institute and a powerful death penalty. We will put this on. And and he can't even say the simplest of sentences anymore. I don't think he cares. Well, that's so terrible. I mean, everything about it is just so, so terrible. He praises, of course, Victor Orban. It's not that the press goes crazy. It's that the world sees Victor Orban is like he's isolated because he is so extreme. He's just so, uh, you know, he hates American democracy. He hates Western democracy. He said it. Victor Orban has said he hates American democracy. He hates Western democracy. He brags about being illiberal. Uh, he shuts down the press. He shuts down political opponents. Donald Trump praises that. Then Donald Trump goes bing, bang, bong or something like that because he's really yeah, not, not well. But then he lies and he lies about the men and women of the armed forces and says, we can't do this. We can't do that. We're weak. Really, our economy, without a doubt, strongest in the world. 
Not a close second. People have been whining about China for years. We've been saying here on Morning Joe since 2008, if you like China so much, move there. The United States is going to still have the most powerful economy. We do, sitting at $25 trillion. China's at $18 trillion. They have more problems than, well, that you can shake a stick at as we would say in Northwest Florida. And then you go to our military, our military unrivaled, but anywhere across the globe, unrivaled. And in fact, if you want to look at us relative to the rest of the world, you would have to go back to maybe the early 1950s to find a time when the United States was more powerful relative to the rest of the world militarily than we are right now. And yet Donald Trump is spewing hatred, attacking the United States Armed Forces, saying that they are weak, saying that we are weak, saying that the economy is weak on the day that he probably made more money than he's made in 40 years because right. the stock market is at 38,000 for the first time ever. The first time ever. I wonder, I wonder, what it's going to look like when we get to that place where it's no longer he's not going to make it, but he doesn't make it. Yeah, Steve in New York, channeling my inner Todd, he ain't going to make it. He's coming apart before our very eyes. And this isn't the kind of thing you get better from. It only gets worse. Um, well, oh, there's, a, there's an interesting concept, Ken, up in northwest PA, on the subject of Alina Havana, 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 Havana. Um, Depraved indifference? Yeah, that's that's somewhere down... Uh, yeah, that, so that would be like an attempted manslaughter? Of some sort, wouldn't it? And someone who should know, David in South Carolina stands, says Nimrata is more dangerous than Trump. I think you're probably right. Oh, dear. Irish Dave says, So will Steve Garvey assume the missionary position when he fucks California? That's the Chrysler way, you know. Not quite so Mr. Clean, huh? And then there's what Nitwit Nero said, again, in Laconia, New Hampshire. Laconic Laconia.
a, a post on the website formerly known as Twitter reads, Breaking, Trump is again setting up election lies. Tells his rally audience that the only way he can lose is if Democrats cheat. The last time he did this, he incited an insurrection at the Capitol as the final element of his coup attempt. Uh, that was the same rally where he brought up uh, Tim Scott and Doug Burgum. Sorry, Burgu is a hillbilly delicacy. In Laconia, he said, We have a weak man who cheats like hell. That's the only thing they're good at. They cheated elections like maybe in third world countries. We're not going to let them cheat in 2024. Everybody's going to be watching. They're going to try. They're going to try because that's their natural instinct. And then trying to recover from having said that Joe Biden will cause World War II, said, I'm the only candidate that can make this promise to you. I will prevent World War III. I will prevent it. You're going to have World War III. The way it's going now, you're going to have World War III. Because now he's in the repeating himself phase of his illness. Or his latest Adderall bump. And of course he did this in 16. He did it in 20. There's no reason to think that he won't do it in 24. I'm not joking, Stephen New York says. He's on the brink of tearing off his clothes and just standing naked at a podium. There's a list, Steve. Tearing off his clothes, playing with himself, tearing off his clothes, biting the head off a live bat. But I think we can all sense it, can't we? We can sort of feel it. And honestly, this may go back to the sense of being ill at ease and feeling anxiety that Matt was talking about at the beginning of the program. Maybe subconsciously that's where we are. Maybe. Maybe we're all feeling a a bit uncertain, um, one-footed at the prospect of what the maggots will do when he does finally shit the bed or, you know, take one on stage. Or when, as toddlers have been known to do, he just rips off the diaper in front of God and everybody. Here's the thing, though. If he does that, something like a third of the American electorate 
will praise him for having so done. And 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 they won't. It won't be like excuses. But well, of course he did that. That's you know he was showing America how we're how the country has gone to shit under Joe Biden. You understand? That's what a real American does. What Donald Trump just did. And. You know, Steve in New York, your subject line to your last email was, I'm not joking. Neither am I. There is nothing that he can... I mean, look, it goes back to his own words. He could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and never lose a vote. Uh-oh, sorry. Dinner in the Central Time Zone, Flavio just said, well, there it went. We can't we can't keep every broadcast uh, dinner safe, Flavio. I'm so terribly terribly sorry. These things are going to happen. And then, uh, uh, Ralphs sent this along. What could possibly go wrong with this? One of my favorite journalists, Aaron Reed, Aaron in the Morning, over on uh, Substack. Her website is Aaron in the Morning, E-R-I-N in the morning.com. With a headline, Oklahoma appoints libs of TikTok to make schools safer Violent threats follow her posts. Chaya Ratchek, creator of the anti-LGBTQ plus account Libs of TikTok, was appointed to the state's Library Media Advisory Committee. Well, I guess Oklahoma had to have their own uh, rabid, transphobic, stochastic terrorist. Ron Monkey up to Clantis locked up Christopher Rufo on the board of um, that little liberal arts college in Florida. Ryan Walters, the well-documented, entirely toxic state superintendent of public instruction in Oklahoma, really did. He appointed Chaya Ratchik, saying that she would Make Oklahoma schools safer for kids and friendly to parents. Of course, she hasn't made anyone, anything safer for trans kids or the parents of trans kids or parents who are trans or any part of the LGBTQ plus community. And and what Aaron Reed does best is point out the consequences of Chaya Ratchik's attacks. She posted about, at one point, the fact that Boston Children's Hospital has 
provides transgender care. Immediately after that, Boston Children's Hospital received bomb threats. The hospital itself was shut down on more than one occasion. There was Keele, Wisconsin, Aaron Reed reports. After a tweet by Chaya Ratchik about a transgender person in the local school district, people began calling for violence against the school district. And Keel, Wisconsin, was roiled for a month by, here we are again, bomb threats. Her posts have caused uh, turmoil at the University of South Dakota, have instilled fear at a library in North Carolina, and she's even attacked a librarian in the Union Public School District in Oklahoma Stan. Because books are dangerous. Research indicates that there are 66 instances of threats following Chaya Ratchik's tweets. It usually happens within a window of about five days of her uh, filthy, stochastic terrorist postings. Aaron Reed cites a USA Today article. When libs of TikTok tweets, threats increasingly follows. follow. At one point in time, she, her, her uh, filthy little uh, banner on her uh, shitter page had bomb fuses. Over her, over her logo. By the way, her logo is a, is a circle with the, uh, the symbol for female, the plus sign basically, at the bottom with an outline in pink and the male symbol in blue and to the, uh, at the about 11 o'clock position, the symbol that has both the arrow and the plus sign incorporated also blue. Hey, Chaya Ratchik, you fucking genius. You just said trans men are men. Good for you. So she's going to be on the board. I presume that means the check is going to clear. Ryan Walters said that she resists woke indoctrination on our kids. And she'll be making Oklahoma school safer for kids and friendlier to parents. Chaya is on the front lines showing the world exactly what the radical left is all about. Lowering standards, porn in schools, and pushing woke indoctrination on our kids. He favors the Bible in public schools over books with LGBTQ topics. And he spent Oklahoma taxpayer dollars 
uh, making sure the check clears to PragerU. We all know about PragerU and their video that used Frederick Douglass to say slavery was good. A uh, member of the House of Representatives in Oklahoma, Forrest Bennett, said after the news of Chaya Ratchik's appointment uh, appeared, I can't respond to every terrible thing Ryan Walters does, but his appointment of the libs of TikTok founder is terrible enough to justify it. Her content led to a week of bomb threats at Tulsa schools, and she's proud of that. Ryan says he's proud to have her on the team. Democratic House Minority Leader Cindy Munson said, The superintendent's announcement to appoint the person who runs the anti-LGBTQ social media account Libs of TikTok to the Oklahoma State Department of Education Library Media Advisory Committee is not a surprise, but disheartening and dangerous. Since the Republican supermajority refuses to hold Ryan Walters accountable, he continues to demonstrate his inability to do his job of taking care of our public schools. As each day passes, he becomes more of a threat to the safety of our public school administrators, teachers, students, and families. Appointing the person who was behind directing hate and threats to Tulsa public schools last year proves my point. As the Republican supermajority has dismissed House Democrats' call for an impeachment inquiry, Ryan Walters has yet to be held accountable and continues to be emboldened to destroy our public schools. What will enough be enough? Amen to that. And the answer is no, nothing. Porn in schools, Matt in San Francisco says, I'd like to see the syllabus, please. I know. And, well, here I am. West Virginia. We got another one today. Another bill. This is going to go on for another five or six weeks. And it's a horror. And a reminder, if I am not here behind the microphone tomorrow, it will be because I had a difficulty or ran out of time getting back from Charleston because I sit here and talk, the talk, and it is incumbent upon me to go and walk the walk. I was talking to Miss Terry earlier today about the impact that these bills have, even if they're not passed. And you feel like you have to do something, you have to say something, and then if you try to ignore it, eventually it just comes back. And it's even more terrifying. So tomorrow, they, down in the... Uh, world's largest pigsty the Republican controlled House of Delegates well it's not the world's largest it's just West Virginia's largest pigsty it'll be te it'll be public it'll be public comment on the uh, obscenity bill for banning books But like I said, 
They don't stop. They don't let up. And so the latest one to land is another real Lulu. There it is. Just like any other maggot state here in West Virginia, we are obsessed with how people go pee-pee and poo-poo and attend to their sanitary needs. So we have new language. Toxic language. No institution, agency, representative, or employee of any unit or instrumentality of government, whether local, state, or federal, may expose or make available to a minor child any obscene, indecent, or profane literature, graphic materials, audio, video recordings, internet materials, or sexually explicit demonstrations or performances in accordance with federal laws set forth in 18 U.S. Code, Chapter 1771. Okay. Next. No institution, agency, representative, or employee of any unit or instrumentality of government, whether local, state, or federal, notice the inclusion of federal, may permit or allow the exposure of a member of the opposite biological sex's nudity, including any sexual organ, to a minor in a public place, including but not limited to any place on the premises of a public education institution, a bathroom, a shower room, a locker room, or a changing room. Isn't that some curious language? Opposite biological sex. Their fourth grade comprehension of biology does not serve them well. But this is a bathroom ban. Just like Florida's. What they are trying and, and, and this operates on a number of levels. Uh, consider. They want trans girls, especially trans girls who are not fully transitioned, to use the men's room so that they can have the shit beaten out of them by good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual Christians. But then, in turn... They offer up bills like this, which in the currently constituted West Virginia legislature will pass through like shit through a goose. 
and they want to charge people for urinating. Presumably, pooping will take place in a stall with the door closed. But again, this is a matter of maggots not understanding what goes on in bathrooms, especially women's restrooms. These bills are crafted by men. Really disgusting Christian men. Who apparently think that every ladies' room in America is just one non-stop orgy. Sexual organs just on display all over the place. That's some really tormented language. Because they've gone from obscenity now to simple nudity. Nothing in there, however, and, and it's not prayer meeting Wednesday, but it's, it's worth remembering. Uh, anybody here remember an, a nasty old freak in Colorado Springs named James Dobson? James Dobson, who had a doctorate from the University, an Ed D. doctorate from the University of Southern California. What were they thinking? And would therefore offer up parenting information. James Dobson once said that in order to properly raise a child, when correction was needed, that the parent should beat the child, quote, until he cries real tears. Under almost any rubric, we're talking about child abuse. This is a Christian minister advising his flock to physically abuse children. But of course, the First Amendment protects him, right? And he explained himself in that instance by saying, you know, any child will cry when spanked. You have to beat them until you know that they're not just crying to get your sympathy, but that you have imposed true pain. Well, I mentioned that because of something else that James Dobson said years ago. And he still has, uh, he, he still has uh, relevance and respect inside Christian communities. He also said that a father should take his toddler son into the shower with him, naked, and wag his dingus at the little boy 
so and and explain to him how not to be gay. He, of course, is a member of the same party that is now advocating this bill here in West by Urinal, Virginia. Uh, Ralphs, at, at this point in time, I'm not sure. Ralphs asks, do they think women's bathrooms have urinals? Well, among other things, what they're trying to do here is under, uh, under, under the way this is defined, they're trying to push back against a trend that I've even seen in West Virginia of unisex bathrooms. Because bathrooms are not sexy time places. You go in, you pee, you poop, you attend to hygienic matters, you, and, 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 and last of all, and quite importantly, you wash your damn hands and you get the hell out. There's nobody hanging out in there. But apparently the perverts in the, in the Republican Party think that there are. And that's just disgusting. What happens, just asking here, because these obligations most often fall on mothers, not dads, especially when the kids are little. Mommies tend to take their toddler children into the ladies' room. Because mommy's definitely not going into the men's room. And sometimes mommy has to pee too. And the young'un will sit there and mommy will pee and wipe and stand up and get herself back together again and then the little one goes. Or vice versa. Mommy is going to commit a crime doing that in West Virginia now. If she happens to have taken her little toddler boy with her, as countless mommies have, both in and out of West Virginia, there's a famous scene I don't know how famous it is. It was a wonderful film. Mr. Mom. Anybody remember Mr. Mom? Where Michael Keaton, since Terry Garr, his wife, has gone off to work at an ad agency putting together the Schooner Tuna account. Schooner Tuna account. Roxanne. Uh, Michael Keaton, daddy, Mr. Mom, of the film name, has to take the little ones with him to a meeting at the car company from which he has been laid off. And at one point in time, Baby has to go. And it's a little girl. And there is a very famous scene in the restroom. It's the men's room where Michael Keaton pops the button on the uh, touchless hand dryer 
and holds the little baby girl up over the blowing air so as to dry her little bum. It's funny, it's precious, and it would be against the law in West Virginia because it falls within the statutory definition that I just read a little bit ago. This is absolute lunacy. But it doesn't take differential equations to see that what the West Virginia maggot party is trying to do is to drive queer people into the closet. You can't dress as you wish. You can't use the right restroom, the restroom that will, where you will be most safe. You can't appear in public within view of a minor. You can't be within 2,500 feet of a school. Suffice to say that this is fascism. This is, and, and I'm not just throwing that word around. I do not just throw that word around. This is fascism. Right-wing authoritarian dictatorship. Dictat by committee. Now, still no word out of the maggot legislatures, West Virginia, Oklahoma, anywhere, uh, about what to do about Baptist youth ministers or Roman Catholic priests or pervy Orthodox rabbis haven't run across any stories about imams doing that, but well watch this space (sighs) Stephen New York says there was a time when a person even alluded to what somebody else was doing in the potty usually involved a call to the police Now that call would result in the person making the complaint being arrested if that person was queer. And just a little just a little note on that word. I'm trying to come to terms with it. I guess I am. I mean, not going to go all TMI, but apparently queer encompasses L, the L, the G, the B, the T, the Q, the I, the A, the QQ, the 2S, going forward. So even if I say, hey, you know, that word, that word was used on a, as like a cudgel on me when I was a child. I had to run for my life to get home from people screaming that word at me and several other words. Well, the problems of one little queer kid don't add up to a hill of beans in this crazy mixed up world. Paraphrase Rick Blaine in Casablanca. But it ain't easy. It's not easy. It still stings. 
But then again, the more uh, I've noticed that the more it gets used in the context of pushing back against these godforsaken maggots, well, the better it appears to get. Sex organs on display, Matt in San Francisco says, are they in glass display cases with black-jacketed museum guards standing in the corner? These men need to see a therapist and work out why they have so many issues with restrooms, showers, saunas, etc., and maybe get started on probable porn addiction. I mean, come on, guys. Just do the work and stop subjecting the rest of us to your manias. Maniae? Sorry, Latin nerd. But, but Matt, you're right. It's, it is unhealthy. And the fact that they sit around thinking about this all the damn time, at the same time in particular in West Virginia, when the state capitol, during these six weeks every year, becomes like one of the top 20 con, uh, consumer sites for trans porn. Um. I'm only doing research. It's just research. She's pretty. I mean, he's pretty. I mean, would you look at that? Wish somebody would do that to me in the name of Jesus. Oh, they're a sick lot. They are such a sick lot. Maybe that's the answer. Uh, paint sex. Paint every bathroom with sex organs. That's probably not the answer. Outhouses, <laughs> says Ken in Northwest PA. Gee, the smell of shit really gets me off. Not. Well, then you don't want to be around Nitwit Nero. It's a mixture of shit and cosmetic fragrances and apparently other body odors. I'm surprised they haven't started selling a cologne for men, uh, manly men, and a perfume for womanly women over on the Trump website. Miasma by Trump. Well, apparently in, uh, in New Hampshire, they're beginning to close the polls. The New York Times teasing, in pre-election polling, Mr. Trump hovered between 40 and 50 percent with Ms. Haley steadily rising in the polls behind him. Well, if it comes out 51-49, then she has to go, she has to be humiliated in South Carolina, Stan. And the fangirls, like Elsie Stupidnik and Christy Nome. Corey Lewandowski. She has Christian family values that don't include her Christian husband. God, that Sam Smith video. Um, the one where he dressed up like the devil at the Grammys, was it? Unholy. Unholy. 
daddy's doing something unholy at the body shop. Yeah. But the first place to vote, as it always is, is the tiny little post office hamlet in the far frozen north of New Hampshire stand. And unless memory utterly fails me, the name of the place is Dixville Notch, D-I-X-V-I-L-L-E Notch. Well, this morning I just had my filthy morning habit had gone off the air, and I usually turn it off after that. Uh, because that's when the B-team comes on. I don't mean another show called the B-team. I mean, that's when the that's when the non-varsity, the non-varsity players begin anchoring on MSNBC, including the utterly forgettable Mrs. Greenspan. But today it was Ana Cabrera, and she's not terrible. But on New Hampshire primary day and on the on election day, there's always a story about the vote coming in. It's usually six or ten or eleven or something like that. Tiny little handful of votes in Dixville Notch, New Hampshire. Now I don't know if this was a mispronunciation or if it's another case of what I call Norfolkism, where people will go out of their way to mispronounce N-O-R-F-O-L-K as Norfolk when in fact the residents of Norfolk say we neither smoke nor drink Norfolk something like that but members of the uh, politicians and members of the multimillionaire for-profit media will bend over backwards not to say Norfolk for fear that they will be in trouble for saying fuck, even though it's O-F-O-L-K. I mean, English is just funny that way. I remember being corrected by my father, oh, so many years ago, when I was building a a model of a ship. And I said, well, that's... and, and, And he showed me the word, and he said, what is that? And I said, forecastle. He said, nope. It's a forecastle. I said, how is that? He said, it's just how English is. It's an old English word. Because ships used to have a castle aft and a castle fore. A fore and, and it became the forecastle, the one in front. Hi, Tom and Sonny San Rafael. Just saying hi. But sometimes things are not pronounced as they're as they're spelled. So yes, Dixville Notch results. There were six votes cast in Nix, in Dixville Notch today. All six votes went to Mrs. Haley. But when it came time to mention that all six votes went for Mrs. Haley, Ana Cabrera on MSNBC changed the name 
of that historic little berg to Ditchville Notch. I'm, I'm guessing that if anybody in Dixville Notch actually heard that, they were somewhat nonplussed. Ditchville Notch. Uh, uh, no, Arnold, uh, uh, Joe Biden is not forgetting where he is, too. Uh, Arnold noting Adderall is overrated. Uh, smoldering chode, New Hampshire, Arnold says. Oh, what else? Well, I'll tell you what else. We are, uh, we have less than three quarters of an hour remaining in the program. We have $125 to go on Chris and Germany's challenge, the keep the coal dust covered lupine pest off Roxanne's porch challenge. And it's going to be scary because AEP, it is scary because AEP, the minute that there's no that the overnight low comes up above freezing by rules promulgated by the Public Service Commission gets to come around and turn people's power off. That will be tomorrow. I mean, it's going to be nice not to be below freezing tonight and tomorrow night and the next night. We'll get back down. Don't worry. But by then, <laughs> may not matter. So matching that $125 so that Chris can match it herself, so that I can send every blessed cent to Appalachian Power and hope they leave us the hell alone, is pretty important. You know as well as I do how much I hate talking about this. But the, the threats are real. And I'm going to take a minute and talk about this and see what you think. Because I know I'm pitching every night, every night, every night. And y'all have been, I mean, this, this program has existed for as long as it has because of the goodwill of this community. And I, when I talked about being a candidate last night, I said, you know, I'm not going to pitch for campaign dollars on this program. I'm not. But one thing I am contemplating is a new GoFundMe campaign. And that is going to be the, if I do it, the Robin Relocates campaign. Because I'm going to fight for all I'm worth all the way to November decrying this fascism, decrying this hate. But last year, there was one bill that made it a felony for me to be alive in West Virginia. 
the lead and it, it 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 was it was introduced after the beginning of the session. The maggots were just catching on. It's not the case now. Now they introduced a bill in as I've mentioned in each house of the West Virginia legislature that makes it a felony for me to be in public and be seen by a minor child. I haven't figured out how it works, but here we are. And I have no I have no doubt that they would absolutely that these maggots would absolutely love to enforce it. I'm looking and looking and looking and looking. But the one thing I know for a fact is I can't just up and go. Because when I do up and go, I'm going to have to establish myself somewhere else. The program is not going anywhere except with me. But I have to go to one of the so-called safe states. The two most likely candidates are Maryland and Illinois, which is ironic because for all those years, I called it Illinois because a girl I knew in college in Missouri was from Illinois. And she called it Illinois, and it stuck. So that's in the back of my mind, and I apologize for the fact that it finds its way into the program. But this is an existential crisis. I have poured over lists and maps lately. And it ain't particularly good for my mental health. And I've looked at Washington. And I've looked at Oregon. And I've looked at California. And I've looked at Colorado. And those are all impossible places for me to flee to. Simply because of the lack of available housing. God knows the lack of affordable housing. And, you know, the safest states are, without a doubt, the most expensive. And while I talk about this in terms of me, make no mistake, I'm not talking only about me. If you recall the conversation a couple of months back with our dear, dear friend, Allie, she said that if, and she's a numbers girl, she said that if the trends continue, you can expect a diaspora of something on the order of 50% plus of the trans population of the United States. to be put to flight. You know, on the other side of the country, Massachusetts would be great. 
again, the same problems obtain. Affordable housing. A means of remaining alive. Especially because one of the things that's happening in these safe states, and you know, this is actual information, is that because there is a rising number of people who are having to flee hate-infested states like this, and Florida, and Tennistan, and Texas-stan, and Alabama, the states that are safe and welcoming even, are absolutely overwhelmed in their inability to actually provide health care to trans people. Because while we have a lot of the same problems that other people have, you know, heart disease, cancer, what have you, we have some rather specialized medical needs. For instance, if the bottom fell out here and I found myself on Medicaid, Medicaid in the state of West Virginia will not so much as cover a single tablet of estradiol or for a trans guy, a single vial of testosterone. And ultimately, I expect before the end of this legislative session, a bill to be proposed to make my use of gender-affirming uh, gender hormone care a fucking crime. And when that bill passes, because you see, even if the even if it's enjoined by a federal court, a lot of health care providers are going oh, are going to go oh fuck no. Sorry, love to help, can't. And I don't use pills. I inject. It's the only thing that works for me. And if I I'm in a position now where if I don't, my bones turn to chalk. It's not a good thing. They gave me my life. They saved my life. And the maggots know damned good and well what taking them away will do. End my life and end the lives of countless thousands of others. The bathroom, the, the dumbass bathroom bill? <sighs> One of the upshots of that is that in order to enforce it, biological sex, they're going to have to do what other states have done. They're going to have to follow the leads of places like Florida and Kansas-stan. and try to administratively change my gender marker so that I can more easily be harassed in a public restroom.
maybe Steve, but again, that state's almost out of the question. For me, at least. Because, see, that's the other thing. I have to maintain this place at the same time that I run away. Because just because I leave doesn't mean that my best friend will, and she won't. It's a fucking terrifying mess. It's a nightmare. It's a horror. Well, how nice. Billable Rick with a note. Mini horn in last night. I wanted to inform you that last night I met up with Joey from Cleveland at one of my local bars where Ginger and I and some other members of our eight ball team were playing pool. There was a live band there, and Ginger and I also got to do some karaoke songs, including You May Be Right, Billy Joel, Always on My Mind, Willie Nelson, and Moonlight Drive by the Doors. Anyway, Joey looks great and hasn't followed your program recently. However, Joey tells me that Giraffery is alive and well and hasn't been in the Giraffe Protection Program. He donated his Trump bail pail to the bar because he had no room to take it with him on the plane today. Joey says hi to the Horn family and assured me that Giraffery will return to your show in the near future. Well, thank you. It's good. I, you know, again, Joey's one of those people I've been worried about. Thanks, Billable. Thanks. So... Sorry about the little digression. But this program has always been a fairly candid place. And I'm afraid that I'm afraid that the growing pressure on me is going to affect the program at some point in time. I don't mean like I'm going to open up the microphone and start screaming, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I mean, I am. But I don't think I'm going to come completely unglued on the air. I'll leave coming completely unglued to Nitwit Nero. Well, uh, that ain't going to happen either. Uh, Steve in New York said one more thing to consider asylum in Canada. Uh, Canada is not in the asylum business for trans people, especially if there's somewhere they can run to in the United States. It's rough. It's brutal. Uh, uh, Arnold says there's a lot of videos that show Biden disorganized and stuff. They must be fakes. A lot of them probably are. Or a lot of them are just simple humanity. President Biden has had a stutter since childhood. And one of the ugliest little bigotries is assuming that people who stutter are somehow mentally deficient. And it's a level of it's a it's a level of bigotry that you would naturally just assume 
just expect of the maggots, but the fact that it gets legs because it's constantly repeated uh, on uh, in the uh, right-wing sewers of the multimillionaire for-profit media and on social media, and because a lot of social media consumers cannot tell the difference between the truth and a lie, and because a lot of people don't understand that social media is not actual journalism. Well, a lie can get around the world before the truth can get its shoes on. Uh, Back to the real world, shall we? As we see if we can round up 125 bucks between now and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Message coming in first from Jimmy, leaving West Virginia. I believe I'm not the only one in the family to believe you won't be running away but relocating. (sighs) Yeah, uh, yeah. Um... I had that note. It's not a matter of running away from, but more a matter of leaving. And I'm sure there are some people who say, well, you know, I mean, you you knew it was hard. Yeah, I did. I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't a matter of life and death. So... I got to a point where I don't want to die. Now I've got the entire government of my state wanting me to. And it's hateful. So anyway, back to the madness. Uh, do you remember uh, a guy named General Don Bolduck? Uh, he's from New Hampshire. And he ran for Senate in New Hampshire in 2022 and actually had the endorsement of his orange god emperor. Retired General Don Bolduck was one of those Lulus who was pushing the, remember this, the Great Kitty Litter Box Conspiracy. Saying that there are children who identify as animals, kitty cats. And they, 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 they purr and they meow instead of speaking English. And they insist on being able to go pee-pee in the litter box. Took a little digging around. But I think that is one of the more offensive memes that came out, talking points, lies. Because it turns out There are schools that have pails of kitty litter in them. 
Teachers have actually kept kitty litter in schoolroom classrooms for quite some time. Because kitty litter is by definition absorbent. You know, something similar is used in mechanics garages. You throw it on uh, oil drips and it soaks up the oil. It also soaks up blood. And it soaks up vomit. And urine. And sometimes children are attacked in their schools by good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual, Christian Republicans with their sacred Second Amendment remedies. Sacred, I tell you. Sacred. And so, no, there aren't any children who believe they're cats. There are children, cis and trans, who wear cat ears sometimes because I realize a lot of us are way too old to pay attention to something like this, but anime is a thing, and there's a lot of anime cat girls in anime and cat boys. Yeah, yeah. But the people who started this vulgar rumor did so with two purposes. One, to make it seem like the world's gone mad and woke and the transes are taking your children. But at the same time, as an attempt to draw attention away from the fact that teachers do keep kitty litter and pans in some classrooms because sometimes terrified little ones have a hard time keeping control of their bladders and bowels when some devotee of the Second Amendment is going room to room chopping them into chutney with their AR-15s. And so they created the kitty litter libel. Whereby the kitty litter is not in the classroom because it's really effective at sopping up blood and urine, but because of the transes. Well, uh, retired General Don Bolduck was a spreader of that kitty litter libel.
And he was a big election denier in 2022, but a few weeks before the election went down, uh, he stepped away from his claims of election theft. And now, today, with the New Hampshire primary having rolled around, General Don Bolduck showed up on the uh, segment on CNN hosted by Wolf Blitzer and said he'd had a change of heart. It's only four years. It's short-sighted. Uh, and Nikki Haley has long-term views for this country. She's going to fix the economy and she's going to make America strong, America strong again and she's going to set up a prosperous America for our children and grandchildren. President Trump just will not do that. I know, General, you previously supported Donald Trump and his false claims that he won the election in 2020, but you eventually said you did the research and found that Trump was wrong. Given your concerns and the fact that you've said Trump is now part of that swamp right now, would you support Trump if he were to become the Republican nominee? I'm going to have to do a lot of thinking about that, but it is going to be very difficult for me uh, to do that because he uh, I, he is just too divisive for me. He's tearing he'll tear the country apart. He's done it before. He's already said he's he's going to be a vindictive president. He's focused on the past. We need to move forward, and that's why it's so important for people to support Nikki Haley. She will move us forward. I'd be awfully hard for me to support Genghis Khan. That's why people have to support Attila the Hun. Jesus, these people. Just can't quite get there, can they? No, they can't. Uh, David in South Carolina, Stan. Uh, Maryland. How about that piece of Maryland? It extends almost over to Morgantown. Not highly populated. Not a lot of access to health care. And, well, cost of living in Maryland is nuts. Sorry. But thanks. Thanks, David. Uh, Bill Bullrick says, Robin, stop telling us that it's not about the cats. It really is. Meow, meow. Still a lot of meowing going on here as little Miss Lucy continues to try to process her grief. Spending a lot of time with her. Oh, but Don Bolduck. Old Duck. I remember Cold Duck. You remember Cold Duck? Remember Malt Duck? Uh, Stephen New York says, uh, General Ball Suck. I wonder, is this possibly a look into uh, what the maggot shell breaking looks like? It possibly. Then again, as a retired general, maybe somebody whispered in his ear that all this election denial talk uh, 
You know, you can be called back to act, uh, active duty and court-martialed, motherfucker. Because that's true. Well, Lou, yeah, Tennistan is definitely a non-starter. Uh, let's finish up with General Bolduck. We will be more prosperous under Nikki Haley, and that is just uh, that's just a fact. And she beats by that's just a fact. Yeah, funny, the things that the speculations that this guy thinks are facts. By 17 points. General Bolduck, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it very much. Up next, uh, the first exit polling numbers are now coming in and they could give us important clues about how tonight will turn out does it matter if she survives tonight it's going to be even worse because she will be utterly crushed in her home state that'll be humiliating i mean david in south carolina stan todd anybody uh, uh, clarence she is going to get crushed in South Carolina, Stan, is she not? Oh, and from the Department of Let's Start a Civil War? Well, look. It's representing Clay Higgins of Louisiana, Stan, who made it all the way to the House of Representatives in the Congress of the New United States of America, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now today forever in the universe under God, by being a dirty cop. Well, uh, he's got some advice for Texas, which borders Louisiana stand. We had the news yesterday of the Supreme Court giving the Biden administration a victory with the ability, uh, by, by telling the executive branch that they actually can do the job of the executive branch and they can go down and clear Greg Asbot's razor wire and stuff it up his ass. Oh, I added that last part, but, well, girl can dream. Clay Higgins, manly man of manliness, is... Right angry. Telling you she's angry. He's angry. Pronouns. At what the Supreme Court done. And Clay Higgins, who apparently has a terrible case of takes that stand envy. said, media, Congressman Higgins, the Supreme Court just ruled in favor of the Biden administration over the state of Texas, saying that the federal government can remove physical barriers at the border put in place by Texas. What are your thoughts? <laughs> like he has thoughts. Me, my thoughts are that the feds are staging a civil war and Texas should stand their ground. Why, that sounds downright insurrectionist, doesn't it? 
maybe somebody needs to sue to have Clay Higgins removed from Congress. God knows the IQ of the uh, House of Representatives would go up by at least, oh, 10 or 15 points. But it takes us back to the principle that I've enunciated of constructive constructive secession. Little update on Nimrata in South Carolina, Stan. David says, uh, Nimrata has just bought $4 million in TV ads in South Carolina. Totally fucked up NFL playoffs watching all those lies. Trump's have not aired yet. Hell, both will probably be in my neighborhood soon. She's trailing by 40%, though she may get closer. And I think what the Biden team has been doing is working to stay out of the fray too much. But now that it looks like he is all but shoe, a shoe-in to be the nominee, now the attacks come. Now the ads of him saying, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, we offered her 10,000 troops. She wouldn't defend the Capitol. Ding, 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 bong, bong, whoosh, boom. Ad- advocating advocating armed resistance to the federal government is the very def- def- definition of insurrection and Clay Higgins has committed it and by the way the speech and debate clause does not cover fucking <sighs> excrements on excrementer that's a new term Flavio and I have been working on offline. But speaking of the Texas vote in the Supreme Court, whoo, the maggots are mad. And they're mad at one person in particular. Because, of course, two members of the... Uh, of our most puissant dread sovereign supreme catholic majesty sided with the so-called liberal three to create the 5-4 decision that gave the biden administration the victory one of those was old balls and strikes john roberts and the other was amy covid barrett the handmaid guess who the maggots are mad at yeah the woman <laughs> how about that her being a handmaid i don't know if she had to look to her husband to uh, get permission to side with decency and common sense but she did And it drove the maggots right up a tree. Laura Looney said, Not good! We are losing our country! Stop the invasion! In a shocking ruling today, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled 5-4 to four that Joe Biden can tear down Texas barbed wire barriers, razor wire dipshit, installed by the Texas National Guard, Justice Robertson Barrett sided with the Democrats. And then there's Laura Logan, who 
at one point in time was an actual journalist and then just turned into a, a, a maggot nut job. This is all you need to know about today's Supreme Court decision. What do they have on Barrett and Roberts? The Constitution is clear. Well, it is clear. Border security is entirely within the purview and province of the executive branch of the United States. Not some pissant Texas judge who wants to machine gun migrants in the middle of the Rio Grande. And then there's uh, James Kirkpatrick, who is apparently fond of a white supremacist outfit called V-Dare. Told you, laws can't compare to a female judge's feelings. Isn't that precious? She must have been on her period. It's illegal to enforce immigration law because borders make Amy Coney Barrett feel sad. And and this is a case of those Venn diagrams that just overlap and become circles. That was James Kirkpatrick. Females can't be judges. Anytime you see a man using the term female, it's a pretty good giveaway that you're looking at a rabid sexist and a misogynist and anytime you see a xenophobe with a sexist well so uh, some creep on social media named Aristophanes once again Amy Coney Barrett was a huge mistake and we all kind of knew this when she had two adopted foreign children. And they still can't spell. MAGA Elvis said, Oh, with the Supreme Court and Barrett and Roberts being traitors. Spelled it T-R-A-D-E-R-S. Oh, we'll hope that they side with Trump. Now they're okay with us having a southern border invasion. What the fuck's going on? Then there's some the right-wing blatherskate yammerhead named Jerry Callahan, or maybe it's Gary. It's got a G. I don't, I don't know. The next busload of illegals Greg Abbott sends north should go right to Amy Coney Barrett's front door. The one after that, too. What a disgrace. God, they despise women, don't they? Even the women who do their fucking bidding can never be enough. Oh, now, Randy Radar, it's okay. Tonight's program, tonight's pro. sorry, didn't mean to do the voice. Tonight's program's kind of heavy on the bodily fluids, isn't it? They're precious bodily fluids. I don't, I, I don't make the stories up. I just cover them. Oh, and uh, uh, Clarence with a note as we wrap the program up, trying to raise that $125 so that you know, lights stay on here. The greatest Chris's challenge could be met. 
Nikki Haley, Clarence says that's a fact. She will be crushed. Scott and Mace, who had her support for their position in South Carolina politics. Scott got that Senate seat from Haley, who was governor at the time. Those two ungrateful creeps are supporting Trump. The entire GOP leadership in South Carolina is supporting Trump. Of course they are. They got bought and stayed bought. That's the best kind of corruption. Uh, Flavio. I'd forgotten about that. Mark Twain, females. In his essay, Fenimore Cooper's Literary Offenses, which, by the way, is an, is an absolute laugh riot, Mark Twain took Cooper to task Females, as Cooper always refers to women. The greatest mind, the greatest American mind of the 18th century was Benjamin Franklin. The greatest mind of the 19th century in America was Mark Twain. Thank you, Flavia. So, time to get out of here. Uh, sure enough, Titanic Tuesday... Three-hour fill-a-rockster. That's a lot. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Thanks to our challenge makers. Chris, I'm so sorry. Thank you for the effort, though. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your Precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Hi, Gene. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Enjoy your remaining time in sunny Puerto Vallarta. And... Get your ass back to the frozen north. Coffee breaks over. Back on your head. Please, uh, like each episode of the podcast, please. Download them all. It's just like Pokemon. Got to catch them all. Hmm. Subscribe. Leave a comment, please. It really makes a difference. It's making a difference. By the end of this year, we will cross 800,000 downloads on Podbean alone. Not counting other sources. And that's amazing to me. Because we haven't been on there that long. Not even half of the time of this program. Maybe 2015 or so. Maybe even more recent than that. But a comment helps. Any kind of comment. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people. I know the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch. CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster, get your flu shot, get your RSV vaccine. Uh, if you're of a certain age, 
check in and see if you need to get your pneumonia vaccine. Wear your masks, especially in large groups, and God knows if you think there are any maggots in there. It's the best way to avoid uh, catching Trump Rona. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And for pity's sakes, if uh, Nitwit Nero comes waddling towards you with his pig pen-like miasmic cloud about him, babbling about ding, 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 bong, boom, whoosh. Avoid him like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Lighter.